2: This is America's Truckin' Network with Steve Summers. All right, thank you much. Welcome back on a Wednesday, midweek already. Hope day. Uh, let me see, a couple from the email back. First from Scooter, just a heads up for those driving uh, through Ohio on I-75 tonight. Foggy conditions from Toledo uh, to Lima, and some pockets of very dense fog this morning, he says. All right, thanks for listening in there, Scooter. Thanks for the email. And uh, from one of our friends north of the border on the Canadian side, he says, I'm I'm, I'm between Oakville, Ontario, Ontario. And Niagara Falls, Ontario, haven't seen a scale open yet. Knock on wood, but yeah, a lot of times for the road check, yeah, they really don't get things rolling until, like, later, uh, the first day. Yeah, you, mo- you might not see anything up and running tonight. Like I said, the official kickoff yeah, will take place, like, in D.C. later this morning. Meanwhile, Travelers Weather a service of our friends at Travel Centers of America, T.A. Truck Service. More bays, more expertise. And more solutions. Well, you saw a weekend with comfortable temperatures and low humidity there in the northeast. Uh, You're about to be reminded, summer's not exactly over just yet. Some of the changes started to take place on Labor Day Monday. Uh, Even though temperatures were pretty close to normal for early September, you begin to see the humidity on the increase uh, after what's been a record-breaking warm, humid summer. Uh, Monday was still a day where your outdoor plans for Labor Day were able to be held in most locations. a majority of the region was dry. It was a bit cloudier uh, than it was Saturday and Sunday. But uh, as the wind direction becomes more southerly and southeasterly into midweek here, that warm, humid air from the south and off the Atlantic could bring the heat and humidity back. A southeasterly flow off the Atlantic ushers more moisture, bringing plenty of clouds, and you'll definitely notice that surge in humidity. Outside of northern New England, uh, much of the northeast should remain warm and humid, uh, at least through the day today, as that front uh, stalls out and begins to fall apart to the north and west of the area. But with the higher humidity, uh, nights will be warmer as well. Uh, Since the temperatures will start the day higher, they won't have to go nearly as far to get above normal for your daytime highs. Uh, Also, with the amount of daylight rapidly becoming less, normal temperatures are falling about a degree every three days right now as the change of the seasons, whereas temperatures were in the 80s just a week or two ago. Yeah, the normal highs have actually fallen to the middle and upper 70s in many areas of the northeast now. Uh, By the time we get to Thursday, humidity becomes quite high ahead of that cold front, uh, which will eventually lead to a series of showers and thunderstorms, most of which will take place on Thursday. Uh, Any showers or thunderstorms that do develop Thursday, Uh, Should not be severe in the wake of that front, though. Friday looks to be another fall-like day where temperatures are going to be a little bit below normal. Humidity comes down. Saturday, a dry day. Clouds likely to be on the increase. And the humidity level's a bit higher than on Friday. So look there at the northeast as we head uh, into midweek here. Got a Wednesday coming on, ninth day of September. Hope your week's going well. Now I'm going to flip over, see if I can get the full scoop. I it caught my attention this past morning. Uh, having worked uh, in Dalton, Georgia for for about five years, uh, did mornings there on a a local country station, and I'm very familiar Whitfield County. Uh, used to go over and hang out at the sheriff's office now and then, but yeah, you know, they had a couple of fugitives out of Texas, and. Uh, Uh, which opened fire on law enforcement in Georgia over the weekend. Uh, They tell us the update. Uh, They have captured one of the two fugitives uh, wanted after the deputy in Georgia was shot. Uh, GBI says that 47-year-old Jonathan Hosmer is now in custody. And 29-year-old Dalton Potter remains at large. And these guys were described as armed and dangerous. All right, so the search continues for suspect number two. Uh, GBI says that the 29-year-old Potter fired numerous gunshots at Whitfield County Sheriff's Deputy Daryl Hackney during a traffic stop on Monday. Uh, Hackney, the officer, was actually saved by his ballistic vest. Again, Potter is described as armed and dangerous. Uh, They said Potter had been hauling a stolen trailer and was pulled over by deputies right about midnight Monday. Uh, He later wrecked the vehicle and escaped on foot. So unless he's hitched a ride or maybe hunkered down somewhere, he could still be in that vicinity. So the word is, be aware, don't be letting somebody hitch a ride, because a lot of times they'll end up at a truck stop or something trying to see if they could, hey, can you just run me down to whatever, head down to Atlanta, something like that. And truck driver tries to be nice and may find themselves in a real predicament. So the heads up there out of Dalton, Georgia. Meanwhile, we're underway here on a Wednesday. Lines wide open. It's 888-860-8785. We return after this on America's Trucking Network. This is the Miami Valley Gaming NHRA Report on America's Trucking Network. Aaron Stanfield is still chasing his first pro-stock victory, but the 25-year-old third-generation prodigy has now got a win in the Samtech.edu Factory Stock Showdown to go along with his previous victories in Super Stock and Top Dragster. Stanfield joined Father Greg as an Indy winner when he stopped former pro-stock racer Mark Pawlik in the final under the lights at Lucas Oil
3: Raceway this past weekend in Indianapolis. For more on this, check it out at NHRA.com.
2: This is the Miami Valley Gaming NHRA Report on America's Trucking Network. Take like Dennis reporting for America. Then from China, uh, who sent me this? The truth Desire. Yeah, the report that a... Uh, a rocket launch, and <laughs> looks like the booster, the first stage, uh, came down in the mainland, uh, very close to a school, apparently. Whoops. Uh, a Chinese Long March 4B rocket successfully launched a new Earth-watching satellite on Monday. But the first stage just missed a school. When it fell back to Earth, according to witness videos, Uh, lifting off in North China a little before 2 o'clock in the afternoon, local time, uh, carrying the powerful GALFIN-11 Earth Observation Satellite, which is an optical observation satellite capable of returning high-resolution images uh, showing features as smaller than 3 feet across supposedly the data will be mainly used for land surveys city planning land rights confirmation blah 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 but amateur footage posted via social media shows the first stage of the long march 4b falling to earth exploding in a cloud of smoke uh, in a town uh, in the Lunan County the Shangzi province. And one piece of the footage appears to be taken from a school, a schoolyard, where you could hear children's voices and that plume of smoke uh, visible in the distance. Now these, the first stage of these rockets uh, could contain very toxic chemicals, uh, which could bring serious effects to your health if you breathe this stuff. Yeah, China has three space launch sites yeah, deep inside the country. Uh, those locations were selected to provide uh, security during the Cold War. They do have a new coastal launch site, uh, but it's limited to launching, what, the new Long March 5 and 7 rockets, so that's pretty wild. So the, the Chinese government cares nothing about a few hundred school kids Yeah, look how many look how many they've killed, allowing the COVID nineteen to escape into the world. Another evil empire. Well, yeah, pretty well. Just yeah, we'll let it come back where it may, I guess. What's happening, heat wave?
3: Good morning, Señor. Not a whole hell of a lot. How you been?
2: Had a good Labor Day weekend.
3: Oh, good. Grandbaby's doing all right.
2: Doing well. Yep.
3: All right. How about that little one? That littlest one of yours, the little
2: Yep, yep. She's doing fine.
3: <laughs> she's got you wrapped around her little finger, doesn't
2: she? She's a little cutie. <laughs> yes, she is.
3: <laughs> oh well, I was I was out in the yard uh, Labor Day and I had posted on Facebook. It was more of a Labor Day Arbor Day uh, combination because it was a labor of love planting those cherry trees that I had gotten. And I sure hope I don't have to George Washington them whenever uh, I get older. That's going to be a shame. Right. But I planted them right in a nice area, and then all of a sudden my wife says, Honey, it's going to be freezing come midweek. I'm like, really? Oh, all right. Now we're we'll talking just raising havoc amongst people. It's like, you know, ah. The way 2020 is, you know, this is, 2020 is a giant turd that's hit the fan and it's got everybody covered.
2: <laughs> yes, it has.
3: <laughs> hey, uh, I want to give a great shout out to uh, the great people of Bell County, Texas, uh, especially in the Rogers School District. Um, there's a couple of schoolmates of mine that were a year below me. Uh, they live in the... Uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana, and they were the ones that were hit hard during that last hurricane that come up. I'm not for sure how many people it was in this convoy that went over to uh, bring supplies and, and uh, help uh, help the folks out over there in Lake Charles, Louisiana. But uh, there there was a, a a horse trailer or cattle trailer one of them long ones that was full of nothing but supplies, water, food, fuel, uh, whatever the people needed, apparently they had, and not only did they just take care of, of our two schoolmates there, but they also had plenty of food for anyone who needed it, and, uh, you know, it, these, these storms, these situations, they bring out the best of humanity, and they also bring out the worst of humanity, but this... This group of people that went down to Louisiana from Texas, they show the the best that humanity has, especially on a, a long weekend that they said was, you know, could have said, nope, we ain't doing nothing. They uh, they took their time, money, and their effort to go down there and to help out the folks, and I just want to give them a great shout-out, and if I knew who all they were, I'd be letting you know what their names are, but unfortunately, I don't. But right. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that makes you feel good. And there's, uh, now, the the, the worst, of, the sad part of humanity is there was a uh, group of, I guess you'd call them refugees from Louisiana that were in hotels there in San Antonio. And they were complaining because, you know, they were told to leave. Uh, you know, they got no place to go. And it's like, you know, the government can only work so fast, with what they have. You know, FEMA's got a bunch on their hands. And, uh, you know, you wonder where all these other groups are that say they care about these people. You know, uh, the athletes, the uh, entertainers, the special interest groups. You know, and just as soon as you say something about these groups of people that claim to care for others, once you say anything bad about it or just raise up a, a poignant fact um then you're labeled as a racist and it's like you know that word has been thrown around far too far too often it doesn't mean anything now you know it's almost saying it's almost like looking at something and saying what you're just a pest you know um it, people have absolutely lost all sense of uh, knowledge of, of the words that are out there to be used and the some of the words they use they use it far too often and it just becomes not uh, uh not as a uh, and you know i know what i want to say i just can't get it well out. almost meaningless yeah well yep yeah, there you go meaningless yep yeah, that's it so you know it, it and for all those people that that say they want to help out and they wish they could do more, especially the entertainers and the and the athletes and these special interest groups, you know, nothing is saying that you can't reach into your own pocket and make donations to these people down there. I mean, these folks in in Bell County in Texas, well, they're not the richest people out there. You know, they may be well-to-do. But I'm going to bet you a lot of them really ain't. They just do well to take care of themselves. But they gave what they could. And uh, to me, to have friends like that, it makes it uh, you know more more valuable to have people like that than any of these other special interest groups or athletes or entertainers. So, well, other than that, that's that's about all I had for today.
2: Well, oh, good to hear from you. Glad you time. had a good Labor Day weekend, all that fun stuff. And thanks for checking in. Be safe out there. Hey, the next episode of Live from Exit 24 actually comes up later today. And uh, today's special guest, uh, one of our listening friends, uh, none other than a white board member, Monty Wiederhold. Monty will be uh, discussing a variety of issues. And his role on the Association's Board of Directors, again, live from Exit 24, the new internet talk show, 11 a.m. Central Time, today. is uh, actually from Ohio here. Started driving truck back in the 70s, uh, joined OOIDA in 1983, and... Jim Johnston, who was the president from 1975 until he passed away in 2018, actually prompted him uh, to join the association, he says. A little bit more on that coming up. Meanwhile, it's 888-860-8785. News update on ATN. I can't say for sure, but I'm just assuming it was the same front that Brought the dramatic drop in temperatures in uh, Denver from the you know, 90s uh, to snow. Uh, that brought the incredible winds uh, to Utah this past day. Uh, I had there's a number of different videos, one of which I just shared a little bit ago uh, from a highway patrol dash cam uh, where they were the officer was behind one tractor trailer that had already blown over, and here comes another past him and you know, right there on camera blow blow
0: no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Went over. Uh, truck drivers and the motoring public as well were being advised to stay off the roads uh, this past morning as hurricane-force winds ripped through northern portions of Utah. According to the Department of Transportation, about 1.30 in the afternoon, they say more than... Three dozen semis uh, were blown over by winds in like 20 minutes' time. I mean, just all over the place. The National Weather Service clocked winds of 99 miles per hour uh, at Park Lane on U.S. Highway 89, 97 miles per hour in Farmington and Logan Peak, 89 miles per hour at the University of Utah's Uh, Browning Building, they had 84 miles per hour at Hill Air Force Base. According to the Salt Lake Tribune, uh, in addition to the overturned tractor-trailers, they saw widespread power outages in the northern part of the state, uh, raised concerns over malfunctioning overhead highway signs due to the lack of power. They were actually the highway patrol advising drivers to avoid Interstate 15, from Salt Lake County to the Idaho border, uh, due to numerous closures along the highway with overturned semi-trucks, they were pretty much telling truckers that were out and about already, just stay inside your vehicle because of flying debris uh, with those incredible winds. How about that? 99 miles per hour. Hey, good morning, Tim Jim. Hey, good morning, Steve. how did your weekend go? All right. I had a good weekend. Yeah, sure did. How about you? Do anything special over the Labor Day weekend?
4: I cannot tell a lie, sir. I didn't do a doggone thing.
2: <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> I, I was just a lazy ass all weekend long. Didn't do a thing. So <laughs> now, Hey, now, what, the big question going now is when's the pool closing?
2: As soon as I get a new cover.
4: You too, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> your water your water temperature down my sound to just about seventy two, I think it is. It's, seventy,
2: seventy two. I I gotta get in and vacuum it out one more time. I'm dreading that. I got a lot of leaves in the bottom. You know, the water's still clear, but yeah, it's the it leaves beginning to come down in my yard and Yep.
4: So. Can't, you, can't you reach him with an extension pole? Can't you reach the center of your pole with the I, extension pole?
2: I can get yeah, the the pole gets about halfway across and they, of course, I've, I've got the above ground. I can't walk around the rails around the perimeter to get it all. So
4: Yeah, I yeah, yeah. say the thing I got from, I can get uh, probably 3 quarters of it. I can get like from the ground and reach out with the pole the pole already extended. I mean, I got 28 footer So I say you get, usually you get uh, just barely. Sometimes you got to get on your tippy toes and reach out to that center section, but yeah. Uh, yep. You can get do a lot of it.
2: I might but, try uh, that. That might <laughs> that's worth a shot. Yeah, it's,
4: it's it's sure better than getting in that pool. That's for doggone. Yeah. <laughs> of a lot of shrinkies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you mentioned it on the Sturgis thing. Uh, of course, you didn't want to mess with the numbers, but the thing that kind of bothered me the most on that was you said that somebody was tracking everybody there with their cell phone.
2: Yeah. and I don't, I, how, how did they do that, right?
4: Yeah. I mean, how do you know? I mean, obviously, you could track them. I mean, People going in on Google Maps or whatever you're not sure how to get there so obviously they're going to be those people are going to be tracked and you know you can just track like but the fact of the matter is still, like I said uh you've always heard the story oh no no one's tracking you no one's watching mm-hmm. you but they just, they just based the whole report on uh unauthorized tracking of everybody's cell phone that was in Sturgis but yet we can't find anybody that's been in protest
2: <laughs> very <laughs> you know, just very to, good point yep
4: this yep. just a hypocrisy there. And another thing just kind of to mind too, you mentioned it last week with those rocket launchers and all those satellites. And we talk like thousands of satellites going up here in the next year or two.
2: Yeah, those with the, the Starlink thing, yes, SpaceX.
4: Okay, so keep in mind that uh, whenever there's a rocket launch goes up, say like up to the space station or whatever, that they got to track all that stuff, and they got to shoot that right through, a, like, there's got to be a window for them to, yeah, impact. yeah, so
2: they don't yeah you know, they don't want to impact one of them going up, yeah,
4: yeah, so you I mean, just keep in mind that if you're the guy that's got to time that shot, uh, and everything has got to go just right up because you've got like a narrow window if ending to get through all that debris, you know just uh just amazing and I said with the,
2: with the number of you know items that are out there already, satellites and whatnot. I, I i it's got to be a daunting task to track all that.
4: I would think so. And that, which brings up the subject that may somehow think I to start getting rid of some of that stuff either by picking it up somehow or just blasting it out of the way, which obviously is gonna make smaller debris. But uh yeah, just something's gotta be done with all that stuff that's up in there, all the outdated stuff or no no longer working or whatever. It just that's just gotta be amazing. Like I said, when you think about that, that they actually get that stuff through without any injuries or right? just uh, and then bring them back. Mm-hmm. You know, when you come back through, yeah, I mean, you got to do the same thing when they come back through. They got to hit it at just the right spot, or you know, you're. I mean, I, I just got. I mean, that's just amazing that they can come through without injuries. Good point. Just, uh, just one of them things. Just one of those things that you sit here and think about. It, you say, "Doggone, that's a, that guy there's right on." his – And it brings it back too. Of course, there wasn't that much debris, but back in the old days when they had to do that by pen and paper. You're like the like in the movie hidden figures, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> just just saying i mean that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of work, and uh, somebody's gotta really be on their game for that, yep uh all right, so that's about all I got
2: well, thanks for checking in, good to hear from you I'm glad you had a lazy labor day weekend i mean that, that's kind of what it's all about is it's off day for the working man to just be lazy. I mean, so everybody was trying to uh, guess their best. Uh, where would the western and southern W.E.B.N. fireworks take place on Sunday night into Monday morning over the Labor Day weekend? Because, of course, we couldn't gather on the river. Couldn't trust 500,000 people to socially distance. So they had a, quote, secret location mapped up.
5: You know, I know our guesses were all wrong. Yeah, the the rumor mill was Kings Island.
2: Yeah, I heard. Is, is that what you
5: had heard? What I'd heard that I'd heard like kind of up in the townships and stuff, maybe somewhere in a remote spot, which kind of ended up being sort of right, but it wasn't up north in the townships. Yeah, they they they
2: were out in the middle of nowhere.
5: Middle of nowhere.
2: There's only one person that I'm aware of yeah, that lives down close to Kentucky Speedway. And that's our friend Bill Arnold at least I mean it's been years since I've talked to Bill, and last I heard that that's where he was living. Don't know if he's still there or not, but I mean, yeah, out there remote on the farm, I mean going down yeah i seventy one you there's there's nothing out there there I mean what they've got that like that one little lone hotel there at the speedway,
5: right. And you're not just going to be randomly hanging out around that area, like driving by looking yeah. for stuff. Like it was kind of a genius spot to
2: pick. I, well, I guess if you were rolling along I-71 down there, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt a bunch of cars by pulled over and got to see quite a show. That's how you socially distance. But I mean, even when the when the broadcast first came on, yeah, you know, I was with my my wife and my mom, and they they both were like. They're on the river. They're on it's, no, I, no. I, that's and they they made us wait till the very very end. Uh, after the fireworks were done, the lights came on, and lo and behold, we're at Kentucky Speedway.
5: Okay, a good spot to pick to keep it all hidden. Hopefully, they don't have to keep it all hidden next year. For for his for
2: his. Much as you can enjoy the fireworks via television, which
5: it's it's obviously
2: nothing like actually being there. But what did you think of the show?
5: Solid. I, I mean, it was solid. I I thought they still put on a very good show, and I wished I could have seen it live.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Soundtrack ain't just uh, just ain't what it used to be, is it? Not quite. Not quite. Who was it? Joel Moss was that the guy that for years and years you know, put together the soundtrack? He he was like the best. He he was he was something special at what he did. But yeah, everything was yeah very nicely synchronized as as always. Really really cool. Yeah, how they sync things up with the music. But hey, yeah, well yeah. So there's another Labor Day weekend in the books. Yeah, actually got to go have a nice dinner. Uh, Saturday at the Montgomery Inn Boathouse, Ooh. thanks to our friends, Becky and Gary, they, they actually sent me a gift card for Christmas. Nice. So I've had this thing in my, my wallet for almost all year, you know? It's like, you know, we finally decided to go on down. A $100 gift card. Now, me, my wife, my mom went down. And, of course, they had to do the filet mignon, you know one of the most expensive. <laughs> I said hundred dollar gift card. It's like you, you got you got two steak dinners, and there's like eighty bucks right there. And That's true. Ordering a Long Island, paid okay, nine bucks a piece on those. Of course, they had to have two a
5: piece. So you had a side salad.
2: I actually, have, I have never actually, believe it or not, had their ribs. Really. And I did the ribs.
5: Oh, they. I think they live up to the expectations. Really, really good. Yeah, I fully. I mean, I love the Montgomery and ribs. The, my go-to was always the Big Ted's platter. You can get the ribs, and you can get the pulled pork, and they come on some really awesome jalapeno cornbread. I mean, oh, that that jalapeno cornbread—that's one of the things I can close my eyes at night and just imagine that stuff. That's so so good. I did
2: the. I guess it was the half rack. They, they've got the little. They've, it's a portion, which is, I guess, four or five ribs. And then they got, they said, ah, i got to have more than that. I ended up only probably eating half of it there. And then, of course, I had the
5: rest. I was going to say, yeah. if you get a full rack, that's one of those you're leaning back and you're stretching. <laughs> you're, All right. Challenge. It's pretty much what except- it
2: was. Yeah. And I got the loaded baked potato. Everything you got back there loaded on. Extra butter. Extra celery Yeah, that's, that's a good meal. And, uh, so thanks to Gary and Becky, anyway, for the... For the Christmas gift card that we finally got to use, and now I'm hungry. And they were pretty busy. We had we we set like a three thirty reservation Saturday afternoon, and I, I you know I guess they put you down for a reservation or whatever. But we get there and we said, well, how about for the outdoor dining? Because it was a beautiful day. You got the outside up top, and that was like you had probably a forty five minute wait when we got there at three thirty. And then uh, the inside was, of course, my wife said, well, I want a window. I want to be able to sit by the window. Of course, there was waiting for the window. Oh, we ed- we probably ended up waiting 45 minutes for a window anyway. We could have waited for the outdoor, but we didn't know at the time it was going to take that long. But, man, oh, man, they were,
5: and I'm thinking they've got to be, what, you're only allowed to be like half capacity right now at the restaurants? I think so. Yeah, I think I think some places, if they're big enough, might be able to carry a little bit more. But it's it's all pretty much fifty percent. They all level. obviously they had the tables like
2: six feet apart. And I remember it's it's been years since I've been down to the boathouse, but used to you you could really pack them in there. You have all these tables that held you know ten people at a table, one after another down the middle. That's all separated now. I think their policy is yeah, no groups of more than eight. mm after 5 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday, you can't have a big group coming in or whatever, that, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, the food was kicking, though. Enjoyed that.
5: There was one time I took my wife down there, and this is actually when we were still dating, so I was still working a little bit harder to impress her back then, but for an anniversary, and we went down there and actually got one of those circle booths. And when you sit in those things, man, you feel like you got privacy. You feel like you're the yep. only ones in the restaurant. Yep. They do such a good job with that.
2: I think we sat there. We, we had one of those one time, just me and the wife. I think it was an anniversary we went down there. It's
5: a solid spot.
2: Yep. All right. With that, we'll get a quick time out here. Lines available around the country. Plenty of room for you on a Wednesday. It's 888-860-8785 on America's Trucking Network. I oh, got to love that governor there in Michigan. Yeah, since the whole you know, COVID thing started, she's been making headlines. We'll give her a dumbass governor of the year nominee. You dumbass. Gretchen uh, Gretchen Whitmer. See, the, the oddity, or you know, shall we say the hypocrisy. Yeah, you know, Trump's got a, an event planned in Michigan this week. Of course, she doesn't want that to happen. But Joe Biden has an event planned in Michigan this week, too. That's okay. Lousy Democrats. She said these events that are planned in Michigan this week, uh, uh, the planned Trump event on Thursday is, quote, very distressing. Very distressing. But when Biden visits on Wednesday, today, well, I know that... They're scrupulously following the science. And they want to keep their supporters and the general public safe.
5: See? So when Trump gets there, what's he going to do? Is he going to play football? Is he going to, uh, what? what's he going to do? Is he going to talk?
2: I guess the fans of Trump aren't as crazy about masks. You know, it's, that's one thing maybe somewhat true. She said, the difference is Joe Biden has embraced the use of masks and Donald Trump has not. So, we anticipate he will be descending on this state and perhaps encouraging people to come maskless. This is very distressing. I'd love to see the leader of our country embrace masks and encourage people to do the right thing. You know, as. Hasn't he been doing that as of late? More and more, he's been kind of advising, yeah, wear the mask when you're in public. But uh, so what president's event Thursday, 7 p.m., that'll be at an airport hangar near MBS International Airport uh, in Freeland. Uh, Joe's event today is one fifteen this afternoon. Uh, not a lot of details other than the fact that it will be live-streamed. Yeah, right. So wear your mask.
5: Trump is distressing. Joe's fine. <laughs> I know they were putting him on uh, social media watchdog lists and stuff because he asked some reporter to take his take their mask off because their voice was muffled and stuff. But how about, uh, you know, that Michigan governor protecting her state? You know, she makes all the decisions for her state. Yeah. You
2: are correct. About a minute before news update time. Uh, interesting how we're talking about the election is now less than two months away. And more and more concerns about mail-in voting. And I got to some of the statistics from Judicial Watch, which actually uh, has uh, various lawsuits uh, in a number of states around the country, when it comes to, like, purging the voter registration rolls, you know, certain states where they say, it, it, it's been way too long since you've gone out or gone through the voter registration rolls. And, and I mean, if someone died six years ago, they shouldn't still be on the voter registration rolls, commonsensically. But apparently a number of states, they are. And we'll give you more on that. Very, very interesting and how the people feel when it comes to mail in voting. A lot of people don't feel real confident about it. Right now, a news update on ATN. This is News
0: Radio 700 WL. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.